Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. I'm so happy that autumn seems to be going on for longer than normal this year. I just came back from a really lovely walk with one of my very good friends in the beautiful Shropshire Hills. Oh, I love Shropshire so much and it still feels so autumnal. Um, oh, yeah, it was just magical. I mean, I do love all the seasons and don't get me wrong, like since moving back from the desert, I appreciate the seasons more than ever. But there's something really special about autumn and the autumn leaves. I don't know what it is, but I love it. And yeah, I'm really, really enjoying um, this extended autumn. I hope you are too. Certainly true, isn't it, that when we stop drinking, we start to really appreciate the magic of life so much more than we did before. I mean, there's so much neuroscience behind it. It's because our our dopamine pathways are no longer being hijacked by alcohol we can actually take pleasure from daily things but oh, it never gets old I just absolutely love going out in nature and all sorts of things I just enjoy it so much more and um if, if you resonate with this then like amazing and actually if you think oh I hadn't really noticed that then um I want you to really sort of start to pay attention to how much more pleasurable things are when when you don't drink because it really really is true I mean there's neuroscience behind it but so much personal experience from so many different people we all say the same thing it's why we're all shouting from the rooftops isn't it about how amazing sobriety is it's so good um so before I move on to introducing this week's guest just a reminder that I have lots of really cool things out that I'm super proud of uh, for you to access so first of all if you are sober curious uh, or maybe you're not even sober at all yet well you're probably curious in some way because you're listening to this podcast um, but you'd like to make a clean start in January I've got two really good things coming up first of all I've got a free workshop which is on the 4th of January at 6 p.m UK time it's called make January magical um, and it's all about reframing dry January and helping you step into the vibration of the you that has an incredible 2023 so if you want to have an amazing 2023 if you want to make this year different to all the last if you want to let go of things that have been holding you back then an amazing way to start this forget new year's resolutions amazing way to start this is by reframing dry january stepping into your power and seeing just how much powerful you are when you do not drink alcohol and just what it does to your manifestation powers so jump onto my free course 
It's also going to be giving you a little bit of a taster for my Sober and Soulful six-week course. Now, let me just reassure you, there's absolutely no obligation at all to sign up for that if you do the free course. The free course is free and it is for anyone that will benefit from it. And if you do that and that sets you off on the right foot, oh my goodness, I'll be so happy. Um, and I just want to help people to make that shift. So if, if you if you do it and it helps you, amazing. If you do it and you think, oh, yes, I really want to do more of this, this feel so aligned then you will be able to sign up to my sober and soulful six week course which is going to be a real game changer let me tell you people a real game changer um it has got all the ingredients in there to help you become the version of you who sees zero benefit to drinking there's no more FOMO there's no more feeling like you're missing out you're literally relishing in the absolute joy of the magic that is being sober, being alcohol-free. Um, and I want to show you how I did that. Um, I want to show you how I help my clients to do that. I want to give you the, the tools so that you can be this version of yourself. So it's got two sides to it. It's very much about um, debunking any beliefs we have around alcohol providing a benefit. But it's also teaching you a lot about manifestation, a lot about your energy field, um, your magnetic field, your vibrations, how we influence those. It's a lot of, um, there's also motivation, what I call carrot motivation in there around why alcohol holds us back. So it makes it exciting that you're not drinking rather than feeling deprived. But there's also a lot of manifestation theory in there as well, which really helps you supercharge your manifestation process in sobriety um, so that you can really grab the steering wheel and start to create the life of your dreams. So you can really um, grab the um, power of your emotions rather than feeling overwhelmed by your feelings and emotions and and stuck when they pop up is seeing them for what they are which is nothing but powerful and helpful so you can harness their power and move towards what you want so I'm so excited to guide people through this it's a process I've used myself again and again and I promise you my happiness and joy and abundance just goes up all the time because I use this process on myself and I want to help you use it too. So if this sounds like, oh, what a great way to start 2023, this could be the difference between it just being another okay slash mediocre year and turning it into an absolute golden era of your life where you're like, an era that never stops though, but you know, your next new chapter of excitement and wonderfulness if you want to make this year different to the the rest then this is the course so i don't believe in anything being coincidental or an accident this is your sign from the universe people that this is the time it's the time to make a shift so if you would like to find out more about this, find out more about my two early bird offers that I've got on um, and you want to get the absolute cheapest rate, then jump on to my website now and see what that is. It's really easy to sign up for. Um, so the links are in the show notes, but if you are literally sitting here now, just ready to type it in to your laptop, my website is coachingbyannika.co.uk. So Annika is spelled A-N-N-E-K-A. You can also just send me an email, thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk um, or you can DM me at coachingbyannika 
obviously I am still doing my one-to-one coaching. I absolutely love it so much. It's such a pleasure to guide people through this process. So if you would rather do one-to-one coaching or maybe you'd like to do both, um, or if you're interested in my group coaching membership, then again, get in contact um, and we can jump on a call and talk about all the options for you and what is right for you. So moving on to this week's wonderful guest. This week, I'm welcoming back the wonderful Alex McRobbs, Sober Yoga Girl, um, the CEO, the founder of the Mindful Life Practice. And we are going to be talking today mainly about morning routines and the power of, of ritual, basically, and how this can really set us up for success. So without further ado, let's welcome Alex. <laughs> Hello, hello, Alex. It's so good to have you back on the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Um, so I know that obviously you've been on the podcast before, but for any of our listeners who have not had that episode, would you like to just begin by introducing yourself and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Alex. I am sober yoga girl, and I have created an online community called the Mindful Life Practice. Our primary offering is that we help women go alcohol-free with these 30-day sober girls yoga challenges, and we support women with journals and yoga practices and group sessions and meditations. And then I also do yoga teacher trainings and retreats as part of my community. Amazing. And uh, I think I probably mentioned this in the last episode, but I really remember vividly when I first came across you. So this was right at the um, beginning of my sober, well, it's not the beginning of my sober journey. It's at the beginning of my, the final time I, I let go of alcohol. And I was lying on a beach in Dubai and I was um really it felt like it was a really magical day I was lying on my stomach I was like looking at all the kites are on kite beach and I just felt amazing and I was so excited to be um sober again and I was scrolling for um sober influencers in Dubai now at the time but before I came across you there just were not any <laughs> and mm-hmm. I remember finding you on um online and just thinking oh this girl's really cool um, and little did I know at the time that we would end up connecting, that we'd end up meeting and that we'd end up working together. So for those of you that don't know, I do um, run workshops for um, Alex's amazing mindful life practice once a month. Um, and I also attend some of the fantastic online yoga classes as well. It's just such a beautiful community. I love I love being a part of it. Yeah. So Alex is coming on today because we are going to talk to you about um, morning routine and what I like to call ritual as well. Um, So first of all, um, I haven't asked you this before, actually, Alex, for you, what is the difference between a routine and a ritual, would you say? It's a good question. Um, I love the word ritual because ritual seems really sacred. And I guess ritual seems sacred and routine seems to me like it's a regular practice that I 
have to do for my well-being. I don't know if that answer makes sense. So it's almost like the routine is like I'm putting this in place until it becomes this spiritual practice, joyful thing that then could be my ritual. Does that make sense? I love that. I hadn't thought of that before, but you're right. The the word ritual does have spiritual connotations. I always think of um like a routine can become a ritual, as you say. Like routines are not always conscious, are they? Sometimes we just end up in a routine and it doesn't always yeah. make us happy. Uh, and sometimes hey, when we're not feeling great, the first thing to do is like look at what routines you've you've fallen into and, and start to pick them apart. Um, and for me, ritual is consciously crafted. Um, and because it's consciously crafted, it's something that we come to with real mindfulness that we really savor and enjoy. And we really like we apply a lot of gratitude to it. So, you know, for example, many people in um, the UK have like a Christmas Eve ritual where we're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Christmas Eve. We've all had a mince pie. Um, we've got the tree on. And, and lots of people have very specific things that their family like to do on Christmas Eve um, that are unique to them and that they really mindfully participate in and savour. And I love looking at routines and ritualizing them. You can't do it to everything because we haven't got the the bandwidth, have we, to do that to absolutely everything in our day. Um, But I find that's like a really powerful practice. And from what you've been telling me, Alex, about your um, morning routine, I think you have been ritualizing it, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's something that for me has just become this real kind of conscious joy that I look forward to. And it's been such a transformation for me because I had a lot of really unhealthy, like you would say, like a routine that I just unconsciously got into. So I very recently broke a coffee addiction. I had a really big coffee addiction and my morning routine was like to get up and make coffee. And I find that I thrive on routine but I need to consciously make sure it's a healthy routine like you described. So I'm about 30 days into like a brand new morning routine, which I'm absolutely loving. Amazing. So what is your, so what was your old routine then? And then what have you replaced it with? So my old routine was that I was really, well, I was like really addicted to coffee and I felt like every day had to start with a coffee. And so I, but I didn't like to make coffee because I felt like my homemade coffee was like not as good. (laughs) So depending on where I was in the world, if I was within walking distance to like preferably a Starbucks, which I was throughout my time in Abu Dhabi or my time in Canada, where I grew up in Toronto, I would go my morning routine was like going to Starbucks and getting like a huge coffee. And that's how I would start my day. Mm. And when I was a teacher, I was always so exhausted, probably because of how much coffee I was drinking that I would like literally get out of bed minutes before I had to leave the house for work and just be like running around the house, getting everything going, stop for coffee at Starbucks. I would like be late to school. And that was like how I would start my day. Mm. And now when I moved to Bali, it was a little bit different because I was working from home. So I would like make a coffee on the stove and then start working on zoom and then like go get my proper coffee later in the day after like my, my morning work hours were done. But this was what mornings looked like for me probably since I was in university. So like maybe how old was I in university? Like 20. So maybe like 10 years Mm -hmm. (laughs) and setting up a new morning routine has come to me very recently. And it's only been because of this naturopathic journey, which I'm sure we'll talk more about in 
the episode, but there were a ton of things that I was prescribed by my naturopathic doctor to remove from my diet that were causing me health issues. And through that transformation, one of the things that the doctor said to me was sleep with your cell phone outside of your room. So I started putting my phone outside the room. And then I met this girl shortly into it who told me that she leaves her phone off between 10 a.m., 10 p.m. and 10 a.m. every day. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I should try that so that I'm not getting on my phone right when I wake up. And mm-hmm. I never thought that I could be someone that could be so consistent to have a morning routine. And then as soon as I had this window of my life where the phone wasn't accessible in the morning, the morning routine just came to me naturally. Like it was like, okay, what else, what else do I do in this time? I do a routine. (laughs) So I, my favorite part is that I go for a walk every morning, right? When I get out of bed Mm. and I walk the same, it's like a 20 minute walk all the way down this little street in, um, right outside my house. And I go by the rice terraces in Bali. And, you know, I actually just went for a walk right before we did this podcast interview and I met one of my neighbors and then, and the whole thing just like, honestly, kind of made me emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was like, I just can't remember the time that the last time where I was like friends with one of my neighbors. Um, I just feel like I've just stayed so isolated in my house and the area where I live is like lots of tourists. So people coming in and out, but there's this family, I walk by their house every morning and I hear the kids and I see the husband running. And I finally, after a month of this routine, I'm like, they must permanently live here. (laughs) And so I just saw them on the street and, and started chatting to them. And anyway, that's a total anecdote about when you have your devices away from you and you're just allowing yourself to experience the moment, you can have these beautiful human connections with like nature, with other people, with animals that I just wasn't having when I started my day in a rush with coffee and, and getting all my devices. Oh, that's so like beautiful. I love that. Um, And I've also, I saw something recently on Instagram and I was like, oh, that, that sounds like it's true to me. Um, I know quite a lot about the the brain and the brain waves that we kind of flip in in and out of throughout the day. And obviously, yeah. when we're sleeping, we're on a delta brain wave. And as we wake up, we go into I think it's either the hypnopompic or the hypnagogic state where we're going to kind yeah. of go up the the brain waves um, to theta to um, alpha to beta. Um, and when we apparently when we look at our phone screen we go straight from delta straight into alpha um which creates stress in the body um because it's we should have a slower transition and i saw that and i was like mm. i mean obviously we have to be skeptical of things that we see on instagram but i was like from what i know of the brain that that makes sense to me and that's interesting because i mean i i do look at my phone to to turn my alarm off as soon as i i wake up um, and then I always put a podcast on because I love listening to that in the morning. Um, but that's you're right. When we when we stop looking at our phone, we start interacting with the world properly. Um, yeah. yeah. So when and you your walk, for, sorry, what are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say for me with the work that I do. So I run an international yoga community. I'm in like probably 20 WhatsApp groups related to the community, like this yoga teacher, that yoga, this yoga teacher training, that yoga teacher training, the current team group. I'm in five different yoga challenge groups. I'm in the main group. I'm in the 
um, sober girls group. Mm-hmm. And when I wake up in the morning and then I have all these like Bali WhatsApp groups of just like kind of stupid things like Halloween party, whatever. And so when I wake up in the morning and I finally turn on my phone, there can be like hundreds of notifications. Mm-hmm. And my problem when I was looking at my phone lying in bed was that I would just get overwhelmed by stuff. I would be clicking through it, trying to find the most relevant stuff to reply to. And then I would forget things that mm-hmm. I had seen early in the morning until someone had messaged me a few days later. And so I find that by not looking at my phone until I'm properly ready for the day after I've moved my body. So I, I go for a walk, I meditate, and then I journal like whatever's on my mind. And usually the journaling that I do ends up later becoming like an Instagram post or a blog post or whatever. Um, but in the morning I just write for me. And then by the time I'm ready to look at my phone, I feel like I'm in a much more grounded space to address everything that's coming up. Oh, and I love that you've just used the word grounded there because when we've when we've been sleeping, I mean, where do we even go when we sleep right? But we're not on this plane, are we? We we are mm-hmm. uh we're somewhere else and you know, we are on a different plane. And then we come back to to this plane and and I think you're right, like in the morning it is about grounding ourselves back in. And when we are going straight onto social media, that is not grounding. I mean, maybe this is why, I mean, I'm sure there are so many reasons why more and more and more of us uh, struggle with anxiety. But I really think this is mm-hmm. one of the reasons, like for me, um, I've had big problems with anxiety in the past. And the way that I kind of describe the, the feeling anxious is it's the opposite of being grounded. Um, and lots of the things that we tend to do when we feel anxious, like I know that when I feel anxious, I I want to like eat sugar. I want I keep wanting to pick on food, and I and I know why. It's because I'm trying to ground myself because <laughs> eating mm-hmm. is grounding, right? Um, so I love that that grounding, yeah, is is a part of your morning routine. So so you're waking up, you're walking, which is hugely grounding. You're not connecting with social media. You're you're mindfully taking in your environment using your five senses and then you're and then you come home and then you're you you start journaling right uh, yes i sometimes i sometimes mix up the order of these things i must admit uh usually depending on if it's raining when i wake up although it hasn't been raining for the past week which is great because if it's raining i'll do i might meditate or journal first and then walk but my preference is always to walk first Mm. um but in the past week it's been sunny every morning so I do that and then usually I come home and do a short meditation and then jump into my journaling amazing and what kinds of stuff do you eat for breakfast and be morning routine that is a great question so I've been on this big sort of discovery. And obviously my breakfast routine when I was in the coffee thing was, I was thinking about it today because I walked past this coffee shop that I used to go to every single morning when I first moved to Bali last year. And I would go, I think I had a yoga teacher training group that was started at seven 30 in the morning. Every day I would go to this coffee shop at seven 15. I would get two pieces of banana bread and then two coffees. And that was what I would eat to fuel me. Mm. Um, which I'm sure banana bread could be healthy, but it probably was like loaded with sugar. I'm guessing, um, the one that I was eating at this coffee shop and through this big journey I've had around my health. So I basically went to a naturopathic doctor actually regarding acne. So I had big issues with acne that genetically in my family, um, like on my mom's side, my granddad, my mom, my uncle, we all had acne. Um, and it was something that I've been recently struggling with that was getting worse and worse. So I went to see a naturopathic doctor in August 
And she asked me if I had any other health issues. And I said, no. And then of course, as the conversation went on, there were like a bunch of other things that came up and she basically put me on this eating plan, which I've then read a lot of different things and tried a bunch of different things. And so I was switching to like fruits and vegetables. And then I read a book about glucose spikes. And what I've since realized is that in order to set myself up for success, it's really important that I have a savory breakfast. Mm. Um, so I, there was a little period of time when I was having like fruit smoothies. And then I realized that that whole thing was just like a ton of sugar in my system, spiking my glucose really early in the day. And then what that was doing was making me crave sugar as the day went on. And so now I start every day with a savory breakfast. I have, um, I start with greens. So I always have like a little small salad. And then right now I really like chia pudding because chia seeds have omega-3s, which because I'm vegan, I need to be getting my omega-3s in other places. And that's really good for mood, health, and brain health. Mm. And then I always finish with um, blueberries, like the same thing every day, um, because berries are anti-inflammatory and they're also mood-boosting foods as well. So I do have a little bit of fruit, but I make sure that it's in that berry category. And berries have got a much lower glycemic index than any other fruit, right? Yeah, exactly. So that has been, um, my naturopathic doctor was like, eat lots of berries. (laughs) That's your fruit. (laughs) So, How do you, how does that breakfast make you feel differently to what you were having before? Can you notice any big changes? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I feel full. Mm. I feel I just don't feel like I'm having this crash later in the day. And the amazing thing is that I notice my glucose crashes now because now I understand what they are Mm. and I'm finding if I'm not eating in that, um, it's not only the food that I eat, but it's in the specific order that I eat it. So I have the fiber first, then the protein, and then the sugars that are the fruit. Mm. And like today, for example, so I had that for breakfast and that was delicious. And then I felt like having a snack before I went for yoga, like a couple hours later. So I had this, um, I made a protein ball with like quinoa and peanut butter and, um, what else was in it? Some cocoa powder and, Um, then an hour later in the yoga class, I felt dizzy all of a sudden. And I was like, oh my God, I'm having a glucose crash. And then I realized it was because I didn't have any, I should have had vegetables and then protein in my snack. Like it was because I didn't have any fiber in my snack. And so I'm just learning so much about like having these balanced meals with hitting these specific things like fiber, protein, and then some sugars, if I want them in the form of fruit. And making sure that I'm following and sticking to that structure. And it's just amazing how it feels like my mindfulness practice is extending off my yoga practice. And and now I have this mindfulness around food and I'm really getting clear on what I'm eating and how it's making me feel. And what you're describing there, Alex, is kind of how... um kind of how similar but different Sim, same but not the same um to how I describe how I approach sobriety so I always talk about mm-hmm. the abundance approach that there's nothing to miss and that you're focusing on all the wonderful amazing benefits of being sober and even though you're describing cutting out certain foods this is not coming from a deprivation perspective this is not coming from the weight loss perspective I know you're not someone that 
that focuses on that at all. This is just coming from the perspective of, wow, this is making me feel so much better. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we think about, um, I'm sure many of many of the um, people that are um, my audience are also yours, because we are both very spiritual around our alcohol free living and and we both love manifesting. And ultimately, what you're describing there, Alex, is that through your diet, you are raising your vibrations. You're feeling more vibrant, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I also feel without even realizing it, I think for the past year and a half. So when I first started the Mindful Life practice, I was in a really, really good place with my fitness, with my exercise, with my community. And then I think the more and more isolated I got on like my computer screen running my business and the more and more obsessed I got with building my business, I think my eating got worse and worse. And I didn't even realize it because I didn't have any awareness on what was good for me and what was not good for me. And so, for example, like I was eating a lot of, I was eating a lot of meals at the yoga barn. I was going out for uh, meals by myself at the yoga barn, which in my head, I was like, oh, this is like a yoga place. So this food must be healthy, (laughs) you know, which in many cases it, it is, but the combination of things that I was eating and the way I was using food to, I was using it to like comfort myself and kind of fill up these feelings of loneliness that I was feeling. And I do feel that without even realizing it, I was living out of alignment with my values, what I was teaching. And I look at videos of myself and I'm like, I don't even look well during that time. Like I look stressed. I look tired. I don't look vibrant. Mm -hmm. And I remember right after I went on this, so I started with a fast and then I shifted my diet. And I think it was like maybe two weeks into it. I was invited to be a guest speaker at this female entrepreneur event in Bali. And I truly felt vibrant, even though physically not that much had changed. It had been two weeks only, but mentally I was like, I just feel like I'm actually walking the walk here. I feel like I'm not just talking the talk. And I think we, as people who like myself, as someone who struggled with alcohol in the past, I wasn't realizing that my addiction was just transferring Mm. somewhere else. And I feel like I've finally gotten really clear on that and I'm feeling so good about it. You know what? So much of that resonates with me. Um, I want to, first of all, there's a couple of things I want to pick up from what you just said, but I want to, first of all, just add in the caveat here that no one is saying that we should all fast. In fact, I know I should absolutely mm-hmm. not fast because because of my like past eating behaviors, that's like the worst thing for me to do. <laughs> and there are people who are listening who might also be in yeah. that category. Um, what you're talking about is you found something specifically that was a problem for you, some types of food that were, were causing you an issue. Um, and you have changed that and the things that you've changed, which completely bespoke to you, because that's, you know, your naturopath helped, helped you to identify things that your body does not like. And you've had this massive shift in vibrations. Now, no one's saying that we should all be, um, um, I'm going to say glucose free. That's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> gluten free. Thank you. God, what's wrong with me? Um, no one's saying that we should all be gluten free, that we should all eat a certain way. No, no, like no. it does not work like that. One size does not fit all. But um, I I know I have um, 
guidelines that I really, really find helpful to follow with my food. Um, and everyone's a different. Um, but I 100% hear you with when we when we stop drinking alcohol, what happens is we have to start feeling our feelings. And when we are not used to yeah. how to do that, because if you think about it, like if we rewind to how old we were when we first started drinking and think about right, that's the time when I stopped processing my feelings and maybe even happened before then, maybe even happened when our parents were saying, you know, don't cry, have some chocolate. Um, when we when we go on this journey, we, we're kind of going back to that age, like our 13 year old self. That's how emotionally mature we actually are. And we have to learn like from that point, like how do I process these feelings? And of course, it's so common, isn't it? That when we stop drinking, that then we turn to the thing we did before we started drinking, the food, the sugar to to deal with those feelings. And it's like the next layer, isn't it? It's like, OK, that's my other yeah. mechanism. Let me look at yeah. that now. And again, it's really going back to basics with like putting loving discipline in around um, what we're eating and, and reparenting ourselves, the loving discipline, the self-care um, and the, yeah. And I do, I, it, we do need a certain discipline and it looks different for everybody, right? So your discipline is those things that you can't eat. My discipline looks different to yours, but we, we need some boundaries with ourselves. And that's essentially what you have discovered, the boundaries that work for you. Would that, would that resonate? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you said about everyone being different because after all of this, I've now decided to go back to school and study integrative nutrition because I just feel like so many of my issues could have been treated with food being medicine before they got to this point where they were hindering me and, and causing me so many issues. And I just feel so passionate about learning about these different foods that can really help you. And that being said, like I did a blog post about it the other day. And I said, like, you could still be on medication, but also make these food choices, right? It doesn't mean that you necessarily, it doesn't mean that all medicine is, shouldn't be used. It just means that food is like an amazing tool to use in tandem with whatever mm -hmm. other healing modalities you're using. And um, anyway, that was a tangent for saying that in the course, we're learning that every single person's uh, diet, every single person's path is going to look really different. And in one of the lectures, my professor said, uh, it was like a live recorded thing. And he said, put up your hand. If you know, you've removed dairy from your diet and a bunch of people put up their hand and he said, okay, put up your hand. If you find dairy, a really great part of your diet and a bunch of people put up their hands and, and he said, great, we can all be in the room together and like <laughs> still get along. And it's so true because what works for one person and makes them feel really well is not going to be the same for another person. Absolutely. And um, I have also done the same course, the In Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Um, oh, have you actually done that? Oh, yeah. That, I didn't know that. That, that was my first uh, health coach training that I did. Yeah. Um, back in 2016. But they talk about bio-individuality, don't they? Is there kind of... Exactly. Um and I mean, ultimately, if we're going back to kind of the chakra system, which I know like so much of your work is rooted in and, and I, I use the chakra system all the time. What I love about it is for me, it's just more proof that that what we that spirituality is something that is 
um, we're all downloading all the time from a higher consciousness because when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I'm pretty sure Maslow did not use the chakra system when he was designing the hierarchy of needs, it's the same thing. <laughs> I like that mm-hmm. just shows how we're all downloading the truth all the time. Um, but if we if we think about you know nutrition, it is that base, it's that root chakra, and again that goes back to grounding, doesn't it? Um, and and we're all it doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong. There's no like one diet fits all. There's no should or shouldn't. It's about tuning in to our own inner guidance system, our body, which is so intelligent and is giving us feedback all the time. And, you know, we've been taught to ignore our bodies. We've been taught to ignore ourselves. And that's what we were doing when we were drinking. We were ignoring ourselves on a daily basis. That's that's like a definition I give for drinking. It's just daily ignoring yourself. It's like, let me drown myself out. Let me let me just drown myself out with another glass of wine. And what you're talking about here, Alex, is the opposite of that. It's tuning in. It's listening to your biofeedback and it's going, right, what does my body need and what's my body telling me, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so powerful. And this is not, um, I, I never record the 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 visual, the, the YouTube video. Maybe I will one day, but for, for now, I reserve the right to not have to put makeup on and make an effort on my <laughs> podcast. Um, but I just need to tell the audience just how, like different you look since since discovering that these foods were not working for you you're you're absolutely glowing your skin looks amazing thank you so much and I feel like I I also feel like I lost confidence in myself because and I didn't even realize that that was the case but because my acne was so bad like every day there were like multiple big pimples on the front of my face and my chin, my jawline was covered in them. And, um, I don't even think I realized how low it was making me feel in my self-confidence, but I just didn't feel good about myself anymore. And I didn't even realize that until I made that, that shift. And it still is there a little bit, like there still are pimples from time to time, but it's like decreased so much. And I just feel like confident in myself again, Mm. you know, and my energy has shifted. Like the other day, there was this, the other day, this guy in a cafe was like flirting with me and asked me on a date. Oh, (laughs) And I, and I was like, this hasn't happened to me in like probably a year or two, because I feel like it was not only just my outward appearance, but how, how I was displaying that energy, you know, like I was like, I don't think anyone would be interested in me because I don't feel good about myself. Yeah. Um, And I know that that's like, everyone has their different insecurities or issues. Um, But that was just something that I didn't even realize I was going through until Mm. I'm now on the other side of it. That's so interesting. And I'd I'd just like to kind of add in some musings I have about around what we look like and attracting people. I don't think really what we look like really is what's the is attracting people in um we attract people through our energy through our vibration yes. right? but if if You're so right if we feel that shift because we yeah. feel better it's not so yeah. it's not saying you have to look a certain way to meet someone no you have to feel a certain way about yourself to yes. give vibes off for someone to go oh that i'm really attracted to you i don't really know why but there's just something that's really attracting me so yeah it can be 
it can be so wonderful when we've made that shift in ourselves but also it doesn't it's not always actually um um the catalyst for it isn't always that we we look different it might be something else um and whatever way um works for for you to help you make that shift well it works isn't it yes and I love that you point that out because I still have acne like it's not completely gone away I still have like pimples on my chin I still have like a few on my face so it's not like my skin is completely clear but Mm. it's a general feeling of like I feel better about myself I feel like I'm walking with like my shoulders higher and so not that it hasn't dramatically shifted that much my physical appearance, but it's my energetic appearance of like, I feel good about myself and I feel good about the way I'm taking care of myself. And I feel like there's space for someone to, to come into that. It's your worthiness has increased and we can only Mm -hmm. manifest that, which is equal to our self-worth and anything we can do to raise that. And as if we go back to those, that Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the the chakra system, you got to start from Mm -hmm. the bottom and work up. It's, we can't be um, trying to work right at the top of that system and thinking about self-actualization and, and like high end spiritual stuff. If the foundational pieces are not there, like, you know, the sleep, the eating foods that make us feel good, whatever that may be, um and for me um a little bit of what I fancy comes into that pyramid of um things that make me feel good but not too much because then it makes me feel rubbish you know um it's it's everyone's balance that makes them feel good so before we finish up Alex I'm sure loads of people are listening to this and thinking just to go back to where this whole food discussion came from it came back to talking about our morning routine so if people are thinking, yeah, I'd really like to ritualize my morning routine. Um, hmm, yeah, it's not making me feel great. What tips would you give them to start with when they're looking at that? Okay, I think the biggest shift is, or the biggest thing that I've learned through this is habit stacking. And I learned the same thing when I first got sober, but I like forgot it, you know, and I had to learn it again. <laughs> but I think sometimes we see these people with these like epic morning routines and we think, oh my gosh, I could just never have the discipline to do that. And as I shared in my story, my routine happened through habit stacking. So I removed my phone from my bedroom at first and then having my phone out of my bedroom. Then the next thing was I didn't turn it on until 10 AM. And then in that window of time, I went for a walk and then I meditated and then I journaled. So it wasn't like this overnight, bam, bam, bam. I'm going to implement all of these things at once. It was like, habit one, habit two, habit three, and it kind of trickled over time. And so I would say if you're someone that is feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't think that I can implement all of these things, just start with one habit, like maybe keeping your phone outside of your bedroom or keeping your phone away from reaching distance and just see where that takes you. And maybe you'll find that you're feeling better. And then you move on to the next thing, which is keeping your phone turned off for a small period of time in the morning. So don't feel like you have to do it all at once. Just do it little by little. I love that. And again, this goes back to kind of tuning into our inner guidance system and letting our intuition guide us. So, you know, let your intuition guide you as to what your first habit should be. And again, with the food piece as well, if you're like, oh, my God, like maybe I should cut everything out. Maybe, maybe um, be a little bit more gentle with yourself and just say, I'm going to change my breakfast. Um, just yeah. a little bit and I'm going to see how it makes me feel and then I'm going to yeah. ask myself like what's the next thing that might make me feel a bit better and just kind of gently 
coaxing ourselves into being curious about what we can do to habit stack and continually build our morning routine, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Alex, I could talk to you for hours, um, but I'm sure our listeners have days to get on with. Um, I'm sure everyone listening, if they don't already follow you, want to now. So where can people find you online? Yeah. So on Instagram, you can find me at Alex McRobs, M-C-R-O-B-S. And that's my personal account. And then my podcast is the Sober Yoga Girl podcast. Mm-hmm. And the community Instagram is the Mindful Life Practice. Yeah. And if you are not already engaged with that community, guys, I really, really recommend it. It's just such a warm, lovely community. Um, You will see me on some of the yoga classes if you join. I particularly enjoy the Friday 6am UK time uh, yoga. It's such a nice thing to do. Um, So yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Alex. And uh, we'll definitely catch up again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have a chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical, sober week. And I will see you this time next week.